Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello Broncos fans and welcome to this week's episode of Broncos Weekly. As always, I'm Mitch and I'm joined on the line by our good friend Simo. How are you doing, Simo? Not bad, you? Mate, I'm coping. <laughs> That's where I'm at I mean, now. It's also more like this month's episode, but you know. Hey, we recorded like two weeks ago. That's like, you know. Yeah, but that was in August. Yeah, we, we won't have to rebrand in the, in the off season. <laughs> we can do it. Look, we've been doing it fortnightly pretty much. We had that like one week with two episodes. We're here. The point is we're here. But anyway, we yeah. we are back. Uh, you're back playing touch, mate. How'd that go earlier? We didn't actually talk about that yet off mic. No, we won like 16 to bugger all early. I forget, but... It was heaps to not many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we threw an intercept. It was the first try they scored towards the end of the second half. And then uh, I think they got a couple others. We just got slack. But yeah, we, we got a bloke. I'm not sure. He wouldn't be much off this, but when he was at his peak, he ran the 100 in like... 11 flat or something like and he wouldn't be far off that either like when he was wearing proper shoes and on a track and that like really quick bloke but and then their winger was this guy that looks like straight out of a british pub fight scene in like a football hooligans movie mm. just absolute beer gut on the man and just, <laughs> just like i mean i could have burnt him around the wing but this guy adam just just every time he touched the ball was just straight around the outside so it's good fun to score a few tries. I set up my brother with a flick pass. You know, we're just we're having a giggle. Another day at the office, mate. Yep. So <laughs> just boosting that for and against. It's not we've let in a few too many tries. It's not like that season we had like a seven hundred percent for and against or something. But you know, it's not bad. <laughs> anyway, let's get into <laughs> some Broncos news. We'll actually talk about the last game, the next game as well, and do questions. But um. I want to, what I'll, talk, I'll start with, let's start with some easy stuff. Let's do injury updates. So um, they've, we're confirmed, for people didn't know, Milford's ruled out for the season, which is, um, I know everyone's been off, off his season, but uh, it's upsetting for me because I do think we kind of need him to try and jag one of these last wins to avoid the spoon. I wanted to see him play against the Titans or Cowboys. Anyway, Milford's out. We already knew Matt Lodge's out for the year, but he is ruled out for the year again. Tom Flegler's confirmed out for the year and then they've also updated that Tessie New is with the rehab group and Jake Turpin's with the rehab group and Jack Bird is running. So I don't know, does that mean if Jack Bird's going to play this year? Probably not. But uh, the ones we need, we really do need um, Turpin back if you ask me. We just got um, we just got Glenn back and we just got Coates back and Oates back. So, but I do really think we need Turpin back before that round 20 spoon bowl <laughs> potential. I mean, I'd, don't play Jack Bird. If he's fit... Tell everyone he's fit and ship him off somewhere else. Don't get him re-injured. Um, yeah. 
yeah, I love Melford, but that's that's a shame. I do need Turpin back. He's just a footballer. He makes things happen for us. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah, I don't have too much else to talk about injuries. That's it. Just sort of update people if they miss all that news. Um, but more interesting news. Let's let's cover the first one. How about the Broncos? Finally, they're letting Joe o talk to other clubs, and uh, and the and the first club who's put him on top of their list is our good old friend Anthony Griffin, who's back in the goddamn business and chasing our goddamn scrubs. I love you, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, it's like Panthers all over again. Um, I mean, he should have been let to talk to other clubs about 17 DUIs ago, but you know, we finally got here. It took a terrible year of 2020, but we're letting Joe talk to someone else now. So that's nice. Yeah, mate. It's, it's, um, it's one of the funny <laughs> things that the last few months we spoke about on this podcast and it's like, there's that weird arrogance in this club. And there was that weird arrogance of how they thought all they had to do is like keep the same group together, add Brody Croft. And that was it. Like they, they signed everyone for a long time. They signed Seabold for a long time. And they've now admitted, like, they, Lockie admitted himself that they weren't pressure testing contracts and they will going forward. And, yeah, one of the first contracts, if you went through our books, you review, one of the first ones that sticks out like dog, dog's nuts is Joe O getting that money to be, uh, you know, he's kind of getting outplayed by Reese Kennedy, who isn't any good. He's getting outplayed by Reese Kennedy right now. Like, Joe O's on five six hundred k apparent origin player. We thought a couple of years ago he was a really good bench prop. He hasn't kicked on whatsoever. I'd love for him to get out the door tomorrow, you know, and hopefully, hopefully he recaptures some form with the Dragons. I just want, don't want him to be our problem anymore. You know, we don't need him. I'm just glad we decided to start pressure testing contracts with Dave Fafita of all people. Like we've yeah. been over this before, but like that's the one you start pressure testing on. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And there was, as you mentioned that, I'll just quickly mention <laughs> the Courier Mail started their like, whatever part series on how the Broncos lost for feeder. And a lot of it already part one is what uh, Chris Gary said on this podcast, but essentially they, the Broncos thought they had him for feeder turned down better money at the start of the year from South. And he was working on his deal with Brisbane and then that, that loss of trust and he went anyway. But yeah, as you said, and also they actually did mention that one of the players who is currently at the Broncos said to go because you'd get a better coach than Seabold by leaving, which is interesting, but we know all these things already. It still hurts that that's when they're pressure testing. But if it's if Joe O's off and Jack Bird's off, you know, and I, I don't think Brody Croft will play for us again. Especially like Peter Gentle said again, even when we link to the next player we we'll talk about, Peter Gentle said, "Oh, we've got you know Deard and, and O'Sullivan and Milford and Tyson Gamble. Oh, and Brody, Brody Croft. When Brody Croft <laughs> gets mentioned after Tyson Gamble as a half, not a great look. So we're starting to correct those mistakes. But um, Joe O is a huge mistake they have to correct to, for us to move forward next year. It's just so disappointing. Like, I don't blame anyone for saying go to the Titans, you get a better coach than Seabold. But from my point of view, it's just so disappointing that Seabold himself was gone like 13 days after that. Yeah. Like, and, and they didn't that's just that. a real, real ships in the night moment right there. <laughs> it does look like the club has learned a lot the last six months and they should, these are the things we knew already. And people were like, I don't want to sound like I'm the world's smartest man. Cause I was wrong about plenty of these guys. I, mean, I was wrong about, I thought Joe would be good for, for, for Christ's sake. But two years ago, a lot of the things that we were saying on this podcast have been proven right now. Like they were up their own asses and all that kind of stuff. And it, it's tough that they're coming around, but at least they are finally coming around and understanding. And it does suck that maybe they sack Seabold a month earlier. We probably still have a feeder. But they, you know, they didn't actually punt Pangai after that ridiculous like <laughs> HR person brought up. I and mean, actually, what they've done to Pangai, which I've left off the news here, what they've done with Pangai is actually, I think it's good. Like, 
they've set up a contract up in the, in the sense that if he doesn't hit these five or six criteria, they can sack him next year. And okay, everyone knows I'm the biggest Pangai fan going around, but I do think he needs some pressure applied to him, and that is the pressure applied. That's, I think that's great. So that's a good call. But Joe O missed the three DUIs. Like they had a, a three DUIs in the incident at the casino. They had like a way out Damn of his cards. contract. Yeah, they went <laughs> out of his contract last year and they didn't use it. And now they're trying to ship him to somebody else. It's like you you could have got off this for free. Like even Joe O was not anyone like anyone special ever. No. When we were talking him up and when we loved him. We were like, he's the fourth best prop in our team. We're like, he's the (laughs) best bench prop in the comp. Like he's the best. He was great for like half a year when everyone's already done all the hard work and he comes on after 30 minutes. That was like what he was good at in the comp. So, you know, you can find one of those anywhere. He hasn't won a game this year, by the way. I know, I know we've only won three games, but he was in none of them. He missed the Bulldogs win as well. But that in that Roosters game, like I know we're all off him and that, that was it, that period when he gave the, he finally tried to play tough for the first time in years, gives away the possession, a dumb penalty, then misses a one-on-one tackle in front of the sticks. It's like, yep, get the fuck out. That might have been the day they called other clubs. Get the fuck out. Uh, and, that, and that's his biggest problem, mate. Like, Joe O, like, he is, it's a Wayne Bennett term, a social loafer. And that's what Joe O is, he's a social loafer. And he might be good that, he was good two years ago. He had a pretty good year. But our team was really good. I know, okay, history has gone down. We lost poorly in the finals, but again, we win off first that year. Our team was pretty good. He had a good year, but this year when we've needed anything from him, he's a 100-game first grader on big money contract who's played Origin, and he played like this. Get out. He's like, this is, well, NFL comparison and also a bit different because Andy Dalton's a quarterback. But the thing they always said about him was like, he's as good as the players around him. Mm-hmm. So if you surrounded Dalton with great players like they did in 15, he was an amazing quarterback, which obviously then really helped the team. He's like that, except he's like a third string bench prop. So you don't want that person to be like, oh yeah, he's only good if he's like in a great team. Yeah. No, you don't. Why, and why the, do you want that guy around? Yeah. And the dragons are going to go take him and start him and rely on him. Like they are really short a prop or two. They've chased James Tarmel as well. And I think Tarmel is going to be confirmed the Tigers over the coming days. So they're going to throw Joe there and he's going to start and play 60 minutes. I think, it, yeah. Well, I think too, like people just be like, oh, origin prop Joe O. And they're like, yeah. oh, he must be good because he plays origin. Like, and he's going to get a contract based on that. Mm. Based on, remember we looked back like three years at the origin props and we're like, we had this realization one day that Tim Glasby was going to be a prop for Queensland. And we're like, yeah, that's, someone's that's gonna the, pay him. Yeah, yeah, and we're like, that's that's the side that Joe O got in the for a prop. Like, yeah, yeah, that's not that's not a high bar, Joe. He got in because he was like the only Queenslander who played in the middle who'd played over like thirty first grade games last year. But that was it, the last one left, and they still tried Jared Wallace before him. But uh, anyway, like, that's it. you you nailed it. He's just go there on the Origin prop reputation. But I saw someone tweet the other day, and it's a great example. We probably should have stopped playing him like ten weeks ago because. You know, like, it's better to think your shit than have it confirmed. You know, better to be in it, yeah, thought yeah. of it than confirmed. Like, it's like when some club drop a player and everyone's like, man, why aren't they playing that guy? And another club signs him. And you go, oh, fuck. That's, that's why. why they, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> like, like we've, we've got him there and everyone's like, oh, look how shit he's playing. Whereas if we didn't play him, other clubs would be like, hey, 
Why are they uh, playing that origin forward? But <laughs> somehow Griffin still wants him, which is great. And it's one of those classic Griffin cases of, oh, you know, I watched him at the Broncos. He didn't play an NRL game under Griffin at the Broncos. So he was there in the 20s when Griffin was here, but Griffin didn't play him because he didn't play any of those children. But love that to go. Anyway, next, next rumour we'll talk about. And uh, this one, I don't know how much credence there is in it but chris gary is putting it out there our good friend chris friend of the podcast now simo you're on board too <laughs> uh he's put out there that kieran foran is um both interested in coming to the broncos and the broncos are interested in him and the quotes in public are only from sam ayub who, who is um his manager and he's talking he's he got four in a top three half this year when he was fit and also said Everyone knows his body's in the best shape of his career. <laughs> his yeah, they that, are, they are two factual statements. Two facts. <laughs> but, but, uh, he also, uh, but he did say Brisbane interested a bit. Chris Gary himself tried to confirm that Broncos have made some calls. Um, 300K a year, personally, love it. I mean, it's the kind of thing, you know, Benny came on this podcast. Benny DTD would come on and say the same thing. It's a symptom of the problems at Brisbane. Again, that we probably should have signed someone like four and two years ago. Now they're correcting that mistake now. But I like it. What about you, Simo? If it happened, I'm pro. Yeah, this is like, he seems like the kind of person we would have said we want beside Milford for years ago. Yes. And like, <laughs> like, originally we would have said James Maloney as being that type of person and he got old and is gone. And then we would have said Blake Green we wanted as like that type of person. Yep. And now it's just Kieran Foran, who's not as old as everyone thinks he is. But I also think he's probably... Like if you had all of them at like the respective times we wanted them, he'd probably be the third person I want. I would have yeah, preferred agreed. Blake Green a year or two ago. I would have preferved Maloney more a year or two before that. Um, but in the end, I, I really don't mind it. Um, there's a bit of a gamble with your injuries. You just hoping he stays fit, but whatever. Like why not? 300K isn't that much. We saw how good DCE was. This is going back a decade now, but those two worked really well together in that 2011 side. Mm. And then like DCE wasn't quite the same for a year or two after that. Like it, he works well complementing other halves for and does. And I think him and Milford would work well. Yeah. Did in there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's him. I kind of want him as the backup. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. I like, I don't mind it. It's also cheap. Get rid of Croft. Well, 300K isn't anything. I know people will sniff at that and go, you can't pay a backup half that, back that. I know there's backup halves in the comp who don't even play games that are on 250 or similar or more. Like Sam Williams is probably on similar money to that, you know, at the, at the Raiders. Because, you know, when we, especially when they have a guy like Milford who is now injury prone, if he's still at the club next year, it's perfect. You get 24 games out of these two combined. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm with you, mate. It's definitely too late. Like they needed that experienced half after Hunt left. That's how long they needed that. And then they needed it again when Nikarima left. It was like, that was the opportunity again. And then they went and got Croft when they should have got, you know, Blake Green or Caesar. And this is probably too late to correct that mistake. But if it comes in and he comes in as a, you know, compete for a job capacity, you know, be, be the experienced mentor who doesn't play unless there's injury or similar. Kind of like Benji was supposed to be and then he left. I'm pro that. Not so pro it if it's to punt Milford in four and a play six. His, uh, I mean, I, I think him and Dearden would probably work out all right, but I still, I still want Milford in the this, this six. I still want Milford. I want a new coach to get his chance with Milford. I will willingly let it go <laughs> if he has another shit year next year. I will stop dying on that island. If he has another shit year next year, oh, mate, I'll, be under, like, I'll still support him where he goes to, you know? 
but I, I will understand that his Broncos career has to end if he has another shit year next year, you know? No, I'm here setting up hammocks on Milford Island. I'm never leaving. Oh, so. I'm not leaving the island. I'm just saying I'll accept it. Like, it's just like how um, I'll never leave Sean Johnson Island. And, and Warriors fans, were d- a lot of them were done with him. It was dumb to get rid of him. They've been proven they should have kept him. But, you know, sometimes it just has to end. And I'll accept that if Milford has another bad year, it has to end. But not right now. I think he just needs another shot. And, you know, Dean looks great right now. But, again, we all know how powerful that team played this year that, it was pretty impossible for anyone to be in that six or seven and have a good season. Dearden is like, I'm in love with that kid, mate. It's it's weird because he's like, I don't feel so weird when I love the Islanders. If you get me, like, you know, I mean, Fida looks forty. Dearden looks like a child. <laughs> yeah, I mean, talking about Dearden this way might put you on a list somewhere. But... <laughs> it might, but uh, but it's just, mate, I'm in love with him because he he so he displays all those intangibles that you keep hearing. Everyone who rabbits on about the game and halves in the game, he displays those ones that don't really exist anymore. Like he displays the intangibles of like when we're getting hammered, he's trying to win the fucking game. When we're down 30, he's still going to the line and getting whacked and he's still trying to create points. And like even guys that, you know, you, you look at people called Mitch Moses, the best half on the comp at the start of the year. The moment Para turned to shit, he turns to shit. But Dearden is like one of the very few left who still tries when his team's getting pummeled. So I'm, I'm in love with that. I'm in love with the fact that like, down by 30, the Roosters are still dummy and will take the line on. Yeah. So I'm all in. Nah, it. it is good. Like, and it's very hard. Often you, you don't see any half really playing well in a bad side, but he appears to be like, well, every week I've been watching him so far. So it's good, good signs. It is. Um, so that's enough of that link. Oh, also, I may as well touch that in there. So the other rumor with that Joe O move, is we'd swap him with Ben Hunt and then the Dragons would carry the rest of Hunt's salary. So we wouldn't pay any more to get Hunt back to send them Joe O. How do you feel about that one? I mean, I'd love Ben Hunt back, but I never had a problem with Ben Hunt either. So, Yeah, I think that got lost on some people. I, I remember I had someone, someone uh, send me a tweet saying, oh, you, you eat your own words or some shit if he comes back. It's like, no, no. I was only ever mad that one year when Hunt left, when everyone was acting like Hunt had changed. We were both mad yeah. at that. He didn't change. And again, it, it wasn't even like mad at Ben Hunt. It was mad at like the media talking about Ben That's Hunt. That's it. Because they had no idea what they're talking about. That's it. There's people who were caught like when he was done a year earlier when he got sent to Ipswich, they were calling him finished, you know, all of a sudden acting like he went to the Dragons and changed as a play instantly. He was the same player he always was. And that's a flawed halfback, good hooker. But like that, he was the same guy. I hated that narrative, not... Ben it was like we played them round one and he took the intercept try off Matt Lodge. Yeah. And then straight after the game, it's onto the Matty John show and Matty John's is talking about what a great, you know, game controlling, kicking game half Ben Hunt has. And it's like, mate, have you seen this guy grubbers out the back dead ball line on third tackle in origin? He's not yeah. at a kicking game. Yeah. I'd actually, maybe that's an exercise I'll do over the next couple of weeks. If, I, if we go back again and grab those goddamn articles from that month or two period when they were saying Broncos are going to regret this for six years, blah, blah, blah. Within a year, like the, everyone's like, how the fuck do Dragons have that contract? What are they going to do with that contract? Yeah. People, people are stupid. I'd love him back. To the, I, don't, I want him back as a hooker. That's what I want him back as. Like if we can't get, obviously I'm, I want Cam Smith. Obviously I want Harry Grant or Brandon. Smith. That's not going to happen really, but that's who I want Hunt back as, as a, as a hooker. And then Turpin's a good player. He could be the 14. You can't trust him to stay fit. He reminds me of Jacob Little. 
like Turpin does in the sense that he's a, he's a spark when he's on the field, makes he's a difference maker. But the, he's one of those guys that just the, playing hooker is injured a different way every five weeks. And I don't think we can rely on him being our starting hooker. Yeah, I mean, if you have Hunt and you have him, you get a, one hooker between them. Um, on, no, this isn't really Broncos related, but Brandon Smith, mm. I don't like, someone's going to get him and make them the hooker. I just don't see it as like, full-time first-choice hooker for a team in the NRL every week. I, um, I'm i with you in that there's that infatuation that people think he's a better hooker than he is footy player. It's like, and it's a deep, it sounds like a dumb thing to say, but he, he is a really good footy player. But it doesn't mean you're an amazing hooker because you have to do all the other jobs of being a hooker, you know, steer the team around, lead a pack or whatever. And just because he's insane doesn't mean he's a great hooker, yeah, you know? I just think he's like one... There's not many players, but there's a few players that have played over time where you don't really give him a position. You just put him on the field and you're like, mate, mm. wear like the number 12 and just go do what you want. And he's just going to go out there and he'll play hooker for a bit and he'll run around and he'll make stuff happen. But like... If you're the Storm and you're like, next year we need a starting hooker, Cam Smith for one year, Harry Grant or Brandon Smith, you're like, Harry Grant is the smart decision a million times out of a million. Brandon Smith should never be the starting hooker in that side long term. Yeah. And I think that I actually said that a couple of years ago in here, but like Harry Grant is like, they had earmarked him for age. Everyone was talking about how Brandon Smith was going to overtake Cam Smith. So, you know, the Storm knew the one that was going to be the one taking Cam Smith's job. And it wasn't Brandon. But uh, anyway, back on, back on that topic, where were we? Ben Hunt up. Oh. That's one thing I will say that what I like about, even if foreign doesn't happen, even if hunt doesn't happen, what I like about this off season already is we're talking about good players going to the Broncos. That's a change. What a shock. Cause we haven't <laughs> fucking done that for a while. We talk like, like we haven't, like we weren't even linked to a single good player last year at all. And then the last, you know, in air quotes, good player we signed was, was Jack bird. And that was a player that neither, like we didn't think was that good in the first place. Like, Four and yes towards the cliff. Hunt, not what he was, but at least they're bloody good footballers. Like, not going out there and talking to fucking Chad Townsend. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's what I would. I was, that's what I was expecting totally. Because it looks like the, the Sharks have like they've got Connor Tracy and Braden Trindle, and they probably maybe they won't punt, ch- punt Chad yet. But I was already thinking, fuck, are we going to sign Chad Townsend? Are we going to like? But that hasn't been linked yet. Like, we're looking at good footballers. Big difference. Well, way to just put that out in the universe. Yeah, look, I apologize to everyone who listens let's, to this. Let's go back to when you're like, the only half I don't want more than Cody Nicarima is Brady Croft. Oh, and look what oh happened. Oh, my God. Yeah. Thank, but thank God I think he's, done, like he's never going to play for us again. Thank God. You know, we could still delete this and then it wouldn't actually go <laughs> into the universe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's one for you before we move on again. Though, What do you think about Matt Lodge's future? I still like, as a footballer, Matt Lodge. <laughs> um, I like, you, you talk to people and people want to dump like the 24 of this starting th- top 30 at this side. Yeah. And with the exception of Tom Dearden, not one person has looked good this year. So I think under a different coach, see how he goes then, like with some stability, new coach, see how it goes. Because I don't think, I still think that football is in there. Yeah, like I'm, I'm of the opinion that we should obviously drop Joe O. And then the, the only, <laughs> only way I'd ever drop Lodge if it was at that long, that, you know, that link to Papali. I don't think it's anything in that. But if Papali was going to come, we had to get rid of Lodge in three seconds, I'd do it. Oh yeah, I'm not arguing that. Yeah, that's it. Like that's it. Like we can't punt everyone. 
Like, it's like you just can't. And and I and I Lodge had a bad year. Like me, no one will argue had a good year, but he had that you know kind of partial ACL injury. Never really got fully fit. Does look a little overweight for the new speed of the game. You know, he those things can be fixed. He can drop five kilos next preseason. Yeah, I right, like not. Yeah, Dearden aside, not one person has looked great in this side. Yeah, and I think there's something we've come to expect a bit. We've had some young forwards do really well at a young age. I think we've come to expect a bit too much of young forwards. Like, we're so used to them doing, like, you know, Fafita was great when he went first in. Pangai was good. Uh, Haas, amazing from when he started. Lodge been good since he got there. But we kind of forget that, like, Lodge is just 25 still. Not that many kilometers on his body. And, like, again, we mostly know props generally mature around their mid-20s. Not really young. Like, he's got good years ahead of him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, um, okay. What are we talk about next? Okay, next... We will talk about the coaching candidates we're going to talk about before we go a bit of the last game we'll talk about. But um, a few things around the traps. Good to see that it probably has no chance of happening. Great to see the club are talking to Craig Bellamy or trying to get Craig Bellamy with the, be, the, be the best best move possible. You have to do it. You have to have a shot at the stumps. Obviously, that's great. But I'm starting to like the slow drum beat of Wayne V3. That's what I'm starting to like. What about you? You know I'm going to be in <laughs> on Wayne the third. Uh, it just it it keeps me up at night thinking about happy times. Just you know, actually, I mean, this is going to be a bit depressing. But I was driving around work the other day, driving to a site, and like you know how sometimes you just you live in your day, and then you're like, my dog's going to die one day, and it just gets you real sad. And I was like that's going to be Wayne Bennett one day. Like one day we're going to wake up and Wayne Bennett's not in this earth. Yeah. And on one hand, it's going to be really sad because obviously how much happiness he's brought us. But on the other hand, it'll be good because finally every single person in the media and on social media will like respect him for what he's won because once he's dead, people are happy to do that. Yeah. But it's like, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> don't, don't come to me. <laughs> Yeah, but the interesting thing about so that the, the latest pitch and Carl Morris has kind of spoken about it. He's and that's funny. Like all of a sudden he's going to hold the pocket. Apparently, <laughs> you know, Paul White's gone, going to and say and say you know his prayers and that you know whatever you know tied up with Wayne. But the quote is say like a coaching director role, which is it is quite funny that we're going to go back to like the, this is what Wayne proposed to the club <laughs> two years ago to have this his last year and have Jason Demetri as coach next year. But that's I'd love to say that come coaching director and then stay at the club till he dies, it'd be great. Yeah, I'll be down for that. We've already seen what the difference. I know it's a different role, but even at at the Titans, like Mal Meninga, everyone's hurting talk about footy. He has no goddamn clue about like honestly. Everyone's hurting on Fox. He doesn't keep that up with everything, all that kind of stuff. But already him being around the, the Titans gives them a little bit more of that, that draw and that cachet. And it gives them the opportunity like Tino and Fafita don't go there if Mal's not there. Josh Adokar. Yeah, that one's not, that's, that was a no, fan who did that. Not happened yet. Not hap- no, it's not happening. A fan, that was a fake oh, tweet. Okay. Don't worry, you're not the only person to fall for that. No, I saw <laughs> it for like two seconds. And then, yeah. well, I checked that it wasn't Budu in your stat and it yeah. wasn't. And then I moved on with my day. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, that's it. Like that, it gives you that bit of that cachet, and it'll and, it, and that's a it's a draw for more than just players. It's a draw for coaches and assistant coaches, and for everything for the club. Like that's what it was supposed to end like. So I'd love that. And, and Paul Kent thinks um, 
he thinks it's going to happen because of the the drum beat. He thinks it's like they're putting it out there to test the waters. So who knows? But at least again, those are the good options. At least we're starting at the good options this time, working our yeah, way down. I mean, it's better than just starting with Paul Green and then like there's just an announcement that you've signed him and you've not looked at anyone else. Yes. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. They would have done the interviews with people who weren't going to get the job. They oh yeah, yeah. Peter Jandall. <laughs> it's like the the Rooney Rule in the NFL. You interview yeah. all the minorities that you don't want yeah. to hire, and then you hire the white guy you want at the end. Yeah. That's it. They would have done that again, and that's it. At least <clears throat> it's embarrassing that our club the Broncos could go through what they went through, but at least they've learned from how bad it went that, yeah, what a shock to get a good coach. You put a good process in and you find him. You don't just hire your that mate. bloke that, yeah, your mate seems that you, you got Isaac Moses there, told you he's good and he's, you know, in the papers as coach of the year, whatever garbage. Yeah. And I, I know Wayne might be pro Kevy coming in, but if Kevy came in as head coach and Wayne was coaching director, you know that Wayne puppet hand is up that Kevin Bolter's ass. I don't know. I saw that headline. I don't even know how much I believe that. Wayne fired Kevy like 38 times. (laughs) He did like three times, eh? Like, I don't know. He's going to fire him in one more time. He just wants to, he's one for every premiership (laughs) that he won. (laughs) Like, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It seemed an odd one for me. Like, obviously, Wayne Bennett's not going to have fired him that many times. He, He knows what he coaches like. Yeah, and I, and I think one of those things, I think he's obviously stuck up for Kevin Walters as a mate still or whatever in that role. But again, when he put himself in these shoes three years ago or so when he was supposed to hand over for the next Broncos coach, Jason Dimitri was the one he picked, not Kevin Walters. You know? Exactly. So, yeah, we'll see. But um, that, those are good. And then obviously both know Kevy and Paul Green are being, names being yeah, tossed I mean, down forever. We talked about them in our last episode, heaps. Yeah. And people thought we were really pro Paul Green. It's like, no, it was like, we just want him like to like him a little more than Kevy. We're not really pro either of them, but yeah, I mean, I'm probably pro AIDS over cancer, but you know, yeah, like <laughs> one of the, one of the toughest things about Kevy mate is that even his best, biggest advocates, like even guys like Jonathan Thurston, goes on TV and goes how much he loves Kevy, and even he can still say, oh yeah, but he needs good assistance. Like it's not good that even the people backing him in are like, oh yeah, but he still needs someone else to coach for him. <laughs> he, he's just the bloke you want to get the boys hyped up to run through a brick wall. Yeah. And you don't want him to do anything else. But he, he cried about, like, that's the one thing that's going to kill me. He's like, he cried about that, that Slater <laughs> Boyd decision in origin, dropping Boyd for Slater. Imagine what he's going to do, actually having to make tough weekly decisions at the Broncos. That was not a tough call, bringing Billy Slater back. I mean, he also like complained in the press conference that their kickoff was too short at the start of the origin game. And then they the lost game the game over. because of that. <laughs> like, I don't want this guy in charge of tactics at the Broncos for every week. He's, his bench management is so poor also. It's worse than Seeb's is usually. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how you, you've got all year to plan for three games and you can't even get your bench management right for them. Yeah. But at least, like, the, the things I've heard, at least, like, again, I could probably get behind Kevy if it was, like, Wayne was coaching director and there was a good assistant and, you know, there was lots of off-field change. I could get behind it, but, you know, we'll see if that happens. Um, I have heard a bit of interesting stuff as well about, like, they're trying to fix the football department, realise, like, Carl Morris said that too. He kind of realised, oh, what a shock. It's not just a point of head coach and the rest figures itself out. You have to go and hire an actual good football department from start to back, front to back. It ain't just... Let the head coach pick all these buds. There needs to be more like separation between church and state, essentially. Like you got the business side, you business guys that do the yeah. business stuff. You just do your thing. Appoint good people for the other side and let them do their thing. 
Yeah. Oh, how funny, by the way, through all this as well, how Paul White's trying to say, guys, please don't, please yeah. don't ruin my name. <laughs> Thanks for the memories, guys. Remember the good times. Oh, uh, yes. Those There's... good times that we scraped like the eight on four and against in 2014 because of Ben Hunt. Yeah, that's it. Those um, good times. Yeah, all the good times. Like, no, you'll be, you'll be remembered for what you did. And some of the stuff Carl Morris has said recently is his admission that Paul White's done the wrong thing. Because, like, as you said, the football department separation thing, you know, why Darren Lockyer and Paul White on the recruitment and retention committee? Why is a board member and the CEO on a football committee? If, exactly. if Mr. Paul White was apparently the business acumen man, what was he doing on that committee? As we know, that's there. But I, I do think Lockyer is actually facing an uphill fight to be working at the club still next year from, from having a few discussions myself. Like, heard a few things that club not exactly stoked with how he's been handling them himself on TV. Like, you know, again, maybe, but he's a, not only is he on the retention committee, the leadership consultant, he's on the goddamn board. And you can't go on TV, as much as I agree with it, and say they, they shouldn't sack Pangai. That's your board. You're on that board. You yeah. can't say that. It's like what you said the other day. I don't mind him being around the club and having eight roll, but he's just got his fingers in too many pies. Yeah. And all the cocaine's starting to catch up to him probably. So, you know. That's it. <laughs> so, what Carl Morris... That's it. Yeah. So, what he said, he said, yeah, Carl did say the structure of the football department is up for discussion. And in terms of who selects those people, it's more prudent for the board and the CEO and coach to be on the same page. So, yeah. What a shock. Lockie's <laughs> going to reselect himself for the selection committee. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm keen for, well, Lockie to just have as little as dangerous role as possible, really. But. And if they were in love with Kevin Walters, like the media keeps saying they are, Walters would have the job right now. That's one thing that if they were in love with him as like everyone thinks they were in, he would have that job. He is going to have to fight tooth and nail to get it. And they will, it's quite clear that they will hire a better candidate if, he, if they can find one. I just, if he doesn't get hired, we're just going to have everyone again telling us all these people will be like, oh, Kev is the man it should have been. Bring the Broncos back to the old days. But it's like, <clears throat> how many head coaching jobs does he have to apply for and not get before you just yeah. realize that he's not the guy? And like, it's not like he's just applied for the Broncos. He's applied for like some absolute trash clubs. No <laughs> offense to the Titans and Tigers, but, and he's not got those. <clears throat> like at some point, I just realized, but he's probably going to listen to this. Sorry, mate. Yeah. Didn't mean to bash your team. <laughs> That's it though, mate. If the, if the Titans didn't take him, why should we? Exactly. Just because he played for our club. And that, that's always the worst argument as In well. In the 90s. Yeah, he won premierships 20 years ago. So yeah, mate, but like, that's 20 years ago. Wayne Bennett also like, won premierships 20 years ago. Let's get him yeah, back. No, that's it. It's like, yeah, it's 20 years ago and he was a player and like there was better players than him. Yeah. You know, should we hire like just anyone who was in that team? Like, Is that how it works? Yeah, I mean, get Gordy Tallis back, make him the coach. That's it. But at least, um, at least Carl Morris seems to be learning on the job because Paul White didn't learn shit. Yeah. And, Paul uh, White sacked... I Henjack his first day and it was just all downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> that was his peak. That was his peak. It was, mate. And then um, it's just the the way he's just begging on the way out. Like a couple of months ago, the, the media tried to talk him up like a contender for the NRL CEO job. And it's like being CEO of the Broncos is so goddamn easy that uh, like they would make money if you put my dead grandmother in charge. <laughs> okay. 
He's not. He's not some financial I genius. I we literally saw brings Wayne back. The cl- like, they make money depending how you play. So you put a good coach yeah. in charge, you win games, and you start printing money. That's it, mate. That's how it works. I think what you had to say then, bringing the Wayne back thing, that is the thing that annoys me the most always about that dumb salt the earth crap. And I'm, but I'm quite imp- uh, happy that our fan base actually hasn't been, they haven't accepted the Wayne excuse. They haven't taken that easy excuse and blamed Wayne for this. And it probably helps that our club's a bit more high profile. So like the, the CEO and the chairman and those guys, everyone knows the, those names at Brisbane. Yeah, it's but not it's just like, that Wayne's in charge. That's it. But you just said it there, mate. Wayne came in and the club went better. It's every time he's gone to a club that's happened. And for some reason, when that club returns to its mean without Wayne, it's Wayne's fault. <laughs> like that, it's Wayne's fault that the team was worse without him rather than his credit. It's good when he's there. It's so weird that he's the only head coach who is judged on someone else's results. Always. Yeah. I mean, and we've talked this also like 80 times about yeah. with Wayne and like people will say, oh, I salted the earth when, he was fighting to coach the year after. He wanted a one-year contract extension for the year after that. And then he wanted to stay at the club being a coaching director yeah. until he died like the year after that. <laughs> Why would you salt the earth when you're wanting to stay there and keep coaching? Like People just don't put any effort into their thoughts. They don't. And it's just that, it's that stupid night's handbook that anybody with half a clue knows it was tinkler's fault and they blame him for leaving the city because he wasn't getting paid but like whatever that's what the handbook that that was written in the dragons mess again the dragons are right now what they were before wayne you know hiring Anthony griffin is just the same old mediocre garbage i've always been and south okay south's been a good team for a while now they have been but they look they still somehow look like a contender this year despite you know they they, they lost sam burgess without planning it the trolls now looks like he's out for the season they still look like a goddamn contender. They still look better. Yeah. But whatever. Anyway, let's, let's not waste time on Wayne. Let's quickly talk about the last game against Penrith. The next game, then we'll do questions. But we'll do quickly talk about that. The last game against Penrith, I know we lost 25 to 12. But this is like, this is what you want to see from a team when they're losing game. Look like a team that actually gave a fuck again, which has been the first time in a long time they gave a fuck. Yeah, I mean, my only real note on this game was I thought it was the best game we played all year. I don't think we even played that great in the three games we won, but I think, mm. especially considering the opposition, Panthers have been tailing up everyone except the Warriors that night. But we actually were in this game for a fair yep. bit until we just got that dodgy call from the bunker on the, the challenge that we missed. And then just that's the only reason we lost, really. Yeah, and that, that was a weird one because... it. it yeah, the bunker. The bunker up, ruled. The bunker ruled it the right way. Yeah, but said it the wrong way. Well, because he, I think he said it the right way, but then he got confused, and because the ref was like, "Oh, so was it successful or not?" And then he said, "No, it was unsuccessful." And so then the on-field ref was like, "Okay, cool, Panthers ball." Like, yeah, was, which, yeah, super weird. But then also, like the next day, when challenging on the Titans game, they let them challenge after like a thirty-eight minute tea break. So. Yeah, I mean, who who is to bunker the bunker? Who's the bunker's bunker? Let me be the bunker's bunker. <laughs> I've never made a wrong decision in my life. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I was pretty impressed with the game. I was happy with it. Same, mate. Like, they were under the pump in that game. And that's the first game, again, as you said, even the start of the year, we've never been able to handle being under the pump the last two years. They were under the pump in this game. They conceded 25 points. But there's a couple of contentious points at the end there. 
got a couple unlucky calls. It was one of those games that they really felt genuinely in it the entire game. And they probably, if you ask me, probably win the game if Darius Boyd isn't the fullback. Yeah, he was every time they put a kick through and were scoring points off it, not even in the shot, not even in the wide shot before they zoomed yeah. in. He is dead set the worst regular player I've seen play this game apart from Josh King. Like, oh, mate, the way he, he's like legitimately taking the piss on the field. Yeah, he's having a giggle. And um, if, if when I played AFL here in Rocky, mm. if we had a player put in the effort like he does, he would get taken behind the clubhouse and get the crap beaten out of him. Like, no one would be putting up with that. Yeah, and it does feel refreshing, though, that it's gone back to Darius Boy being our biggest problem because we had so many yeah. <laughs> that him being a shit fullback is now a big problem number one again. That does feel refreshing. We had so many problems that no one was even noticing how bad he was. Yeah. He was just skating by by putting in a three out of ten effort every week, and now he's back to putting in this effort. Yeah, and he and he did celebrate like he won the goddamn Olympics again when he uh, when he Classic. set up one try, but disappearing and all the other tries. But that's it. We saw a pretty good effort across the park, and this is a team like. Those, those names on paper, not a very good team. And, and Peter Gentle said, and this is one of those things, like he's not a first-grade coach's backside, Peter Gentle, but I've liked him as the interim right now because at least he looks like he understands the goddamn game and, and isn't an arrogant fool. Like he did say when we lost to the Roosters that there's no excuse for that. I don't care who you are. That was pathetic. As opposed to Seabold, he made a million excuses and in this week, they responded. You know, it's, it's a team of, you know, we started the Kenar, Sean O'Sullivan, uh, you know, Isaac Luke was in again. Uh, you had Kennedy starting, Ben Teo started on an edge. Like, not a great team. Joe Milhopawati played half the game. And they showed up against Penrith. That's what you expect from a team. Like, they have to, they put in. Yeah, I mean, minimum. like, that Penrith side's better than the Roosters side, I'd say. So That towed us, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like from one week to the next is just was a huge improvement in performance. And like, yeah, I'm just looking forward to see what we'll get. What well, it's Titans eels who haven't looked like the eels they were at the start. And then Cowboys. I honestly wouldn't be shocked if we won two of these three. Yeah. I, I think that's doable. Yeah. I, I agree. I think there is a chance there, but um, yeah, it's good to hear gentle say that kind of stuff. I don't think positives from this game. Um, Jordan Ricky's try. Should have passed, but who cares? Sick try. Had a good 48 minutes there. And it looks like um, Pangai's now staying, which is great. Don't know if he'll be middle or edge next year, but it's good to see that, like, there's Ricky there that, you know, maybe another preseason, might, he might start, you know, as an edge back rower next year alongside either Glenn or Pangai. All come off the bench, but, you know, the, all hope's not lost with a feet are gone. Just most hope. Most hope, yeah. I mean, Fafita's got that. We all know that special talent. We, you, you know, we're preaching to our own choir here, talking to ourselves about Fafita's talents. But, um, you know, I know it annoys some fans that he dances across field and similar. Often Fafita does, but he does that because it works for him. But it was kind of refreshing to see Rick, seeing Ricky play the last few weeks and he just runs direct lines, you know, and, and that's what he did when he, when he got through there. And, that, you know, if you do that in the NRL, you'll have, you'll have joy. It's pretty simple. Yeah, I mean, you run, you run over a halfback once a week doing that. That's it, mate. So yeah, I thought I thought he was fantastic off the bench, and you know, considering he's coming back from significant injury, he's looked pretty good the last few weeks. Unfortunate he's suspended, 
but Alex Len's back this week. And <laughs> again, I usually wouldn't have cared if he was fit or not when we had Pangai Fafita on the edges. But uh, him coming back now, he's a bit of a boost because uh, Tio, when we signed Tio, I like that signing because I thought he'd play like three games. I thought he'd just play like three games and go into the either and be a leader at training. But he's played every damn game and he's cooked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, but anyway, pretty good. Oh, and we'll talk about, mate, Katoni Staggs. He is going to make me scream more than any Bronco player of the next year and the last year, both good and bad. Like, I, he, he does some amazing things with the ball in the hand and those two fans on Aiken and Mansell are goddamn amazing. But when he ran behind Tom Dearden on that trial, we can see it in this game. Like There was nothing on. And he ran behind Tom Dearden like he was playing a game of tag and hiding behind a friend. And then they scored. Like, Tony, what the fuck are you doing? He <sighs> is... Yeah. Yeah, it's Katoni. It is, mate. He, he's, you know, top three attacking centers in the competition, probably bottom three defensive. This is why we need an NFL-style football where we have a defensive side and an offensive side because mm. he, he is not great. Yeah, hopefully just, you know, some time he'll, he'll, you know, learn and maybe, again, with that combination with everybody there's changed forever, but you can never excuse him running back inside the inside man for absolutely goddamn no reason. Um, this week's game, I'm not going to bother doing the full-blown preview, whatever, We're not, but... Uh, this week's game, we have Alex Glenn back, Xavier Coates back, and Weirdly on the bench. I would love to see him start over, over Richie Kenner. Uh, but, you know, Sauna Sullivan's in the half still. I think it's a winnable game. I mean, over at the, at the Titans, they made those, like, this is why I, can, I can't get fully in on Holbrook because there's always weird changes. And I know there's injuries as well, but he's center pairing this week's now at Bo Firma and young Tom Pia. Hip grades back in the team. Mitch Range, the hooker, he was there last week as well. But Sam Stone's on edge. Peachy's still playing lock. Like, this is a winnable game. They've been in better form than us. Brimson's carving the competition up. But, like, no, we, we can beat them with the team we've got. You know, Ben Teo's benched as well, which is good. Yeah, I mean, I just, we need some, like, just classic Keegan Hipgrave stuff. That's what we need. Yeah. Just lose his mind. Um, but you know, I, like, yeah, I can definitely see it's getting a win here. Like, play like we did last week, and I think we win pretty comfortably. Yeah, you'd hope that, God, hope that bench changes because I can't go Pakes, Teo, Coates, offhand Galway. I hope it goes like Coates starts, Kenner gets out of the side, and then Bullmore goes under the bench. That's what I'd like to see. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good. Winnable. I think it's winnable. Anyway, let's go on to questions. You got the questions there, Simo? Yeah, I got here from Vince, who's on Facebook. He might be my favorite person. Mm-hmm. What's the actual chance Wayne Bennett could return to the Broncos? I wouldn't be against it. Never wanted him to leave in the first place. It's preach, preaching to the choir, mate. Uh, I don't know what the actual chances are, but the fact it's... Like, I know it's easy attention and articles and similar. But yeah, it, um, I don't... like Wayne hasn't totally shut it down and he, he's done his best to say, oh, I'm not talking to them or whatever. But we all know Wayne says that for everything. Like, before he signed Roberts, he's like, oh, I've never spoken to James Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> no, he hasn't. His manager speaks yeah. to James Roberts' manager. Yeah. And then you can be like, no, I've never spoken to him. So you haven't. Um, yeah, and he's, oh, I'm happy at sales. He says, like, mate, like, yeah, you, sure. we, all, you, we know you'd come back. You, like, and one of the conditions of his return is, like, everyone else getting punted. Fantastic. Yeah. And, I mean, we know his thoughts on car parks. So we will also a condition to just be his own personal car park right outside Red Hill. So he can just park there and not have to walk down the street. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
it's that car park with the, the person sitting in a wheelchair. That's his disabled car park just right at the front. <laughs> and um, guy, surely there's a decent experienced half and a fullback we could buy from the Super League for next year. Not much available here. I mean, Aiden Caesar's there, but, but uh, I mean, the fullbacks we sent there are like Gareth Widdop and Lachlan Coote. You don't want them back over here. No, nah, and I think Raiders got the one you do want from the, over there. But like, yeah, we don't want like, you know, Zach Hardacre, Sam Tompkins, whatever. We don't want that fullback from over there. We do need a fullback. Like everyone, I think everybody <laughs> around the place knows that, but I just don't see the, the one we can buy this offseason to fix that problem. I'm still here on Jermaine Osako Island. I'm with you, mate. That's that's my fullback round one next year. Yep. Uh, from Cameron, whatever happened to Joel Clinton? One season he's playing for us, next season he's not, and no one made a big deal out of it. I never found out. Also, who's impressed you in the NBA bubble and who's winning it all? I mean, what do you what happened to Joel Clinton? He went to Hull. <laughs> he played oh, two years for us. We shipped him off. That's, that's why no one ever heard about it, because no one hears about half these guys that go to England. Yeah, and then he um, played Queensland Cup after that, and then that was it. But uh, I don't know what he does now. I couldn't care less. He, he's, a, he's another sign of, um, of the dark. Like, I know this happened in Wayne's last year, but he still reminds me of the dark post-Wayne times because, again, it was one of those signings. It just wasn't a very good Broncos signing. Any NBA takes? Yeah, well, I've been watching it pretty much every day on the old second screen or on the TV when working, and... Um, I mean, I've, I've maintained for ages that I think the Lakers are doing it. Like, old man LeBron still doing it. I don't know what drug he's got, but it's not a drug. That, yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's not a drug. It's not like HGH. People joke HGH. That's not a drug anyone knows about yet. He's got some rich man drug that's not banned yet or something because <laughs> I don't know what the hell he's doing, how his defense is still getting better. But, yeah, that, that's it. they've impressed me. Obviously, Milwaukee's uh, failings are probably going to cost uh, Bud his job there, as they should. Miami's been impressive. Everyone knows that. But um, boy, Jimmy Butler. But I, and I, say, I love watching the Nuggets game just because, like, you know, Jokic, uh, ridiculous passer for a fat man out of shape. And my, I like Michael Porter Jr. I like Gary Harris, even though he's been injured. Jamal Murray stepping up. That's been good. But definitely think it's the Lakers to lose. I don't know who's going to play them out of the East. Like, I know the Boston are up against the Raptors and Miami are now resting to play that next team, but I honestly don't know who's the best team out of those three. So, um, the East still just, like, terrible. I've, like, not watched NBA for ever, but I just always know the East is terrible except for, like, one team. No, the East was always terrible because of the LeBron fear. Flays didn't sign there, and I know people will think I'm a LeBron fan saying that I am. Um, but... uh. It's like the moment LeBron left, you know, a lot of lot of other players went to the East and weren't previously there. Um, you, you do think um, maybe Boston go there, but it feels like the West Conference Finals, which is likely Clippers-Lakers, feel like that's the finals. And then that team yeah. will go and win 4-1 or 4-2 in the actual finals. I mean, it, it often seemed that like the West Conference Finals was like the better game sometimes. Mm. Like... People are people always say I'm a LeBron fan because I like stand up for him. I'm just a fan of modern sports science, and he is like <laughs> he is a pinnacle of a modern athlete. Really, the things he can do, and for this long, and for like basically playing an extra like thirty games a season with all your playoff games or whatever every he's gonna, year. He's going to break every record bar the most championships. But even the guy they thinks the goat doesn't own that record, so it's yeah. like he just have all the other ones, and, the, and I mean, they won't count. Yeah, 
you, you know me, I'm always a big fan of modern sports science over anything that happened in the nineties or yeah. Donald Bradman back in the depression era. But yeah. The only, the only the time I ever, crazy. the only one I ever get behind of all the goat arguments is I can get behind the Bradman one because he's such an outlier, but I've never watched him play. That's all I can get. The, the other guys aren't outliers. Jordan isn't an outlier. The only one I'm, I'm the same with Bradman. I can hear arguments for Bradman over others because that sport has changed. So like you go back 50 years, they're still playing basketball on a hardwood floor and the rim's still at the same spot. You take cricket back to the twenties. They're playing on an absolute like pigsty yeah. of a pitch with no padding. Like blokes were strapping like stakes to their ribs and stuff to, to help protect like from the cricket ball during the um, body, body line. Mm. So the game did change. Like look at the bats they played with back then. Like you get, 12-year-olds have bigger bats than what Don Bradman batted with. So I, I'm happy enough to hear arguments for Bradman. But also in the end, I think if you teleport Steve Smith back in time, he's averaging 400 against those farmers back then. Yeah. But that's it. I can listen to that one because of what you just said, mate. But yeah, other guys on outliers. But it's been, a, it's been a good playoff series so far. And it's just been refreshing. Like I'm a, it, the whole sport year has been thrown off because of Corona, as we all know. And um, the ca- my calendar's all fucked up. Everyone's calendar's all fucked up. Basketball's not supposed to be on now, but I'm glad it is on because, like, you know, I kind of fall. It's just I fall out of love with the EPL, even though Liverpool finally won it. Like, that's about to start again soon. I couldn't give a shit. Basketball's on at the right time. I'm not staying up for three AM to watch it. It's on when I wake up. It's great. Yeah. Um. Righto. Well, that was a long one. So <laughs> from from Lockie, what are your thoughts on the game against the Titans this week with Lexi and X back? We should hopefully get over the top of them. Kind of covered that. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Liam, with the Knights rumored to bring in 2018 Coach of the Year Seabold in some role, how long before they sign Brody Croft? <laughs> oh man, that'd oh, be so mate. juicy. And they need a six too. Oh, oh man, man, I would, I'd love it. I would love it so. Much. But surely Seabs isn't that dumb. Like, like we like we'll, we'll yell about Boyd and Croft and everything else. But like, surely when it comes to it, if he got at a different club, he would be like. I'm not touching anybody that I had at the Broncos, you know, like. I don't think I didn't want him to go with him either, but yeah. Brody Croft would. Remember, remember when he's like, who's with me in the dressing room and Brody Croft was the only one with Darius that stood up for him. Uh, yeah. And then Darius wasn't with him much longer. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah. I would love that. Uh, so would Twitter with all the deleted tweets from Knights fans would free up some server space. Yeah. I don't know if Seabold would go there. Maybe you will, but I know Fern is likely leaving for family reasons. So who knows? From Scotty, um, give us some good ammo for the See It's Not Seabold's Fault group. Also, how good is Seabold gone? Seabold's gone on a scale of Seabold's coaching to Wayne Bennett. <laughs> Wait, so there's a C- is there a group of people who don't think it's Seabold's fault? Are they Broncos fans? <sighs> I yeah. Like okay, okay, we've we've made okay. We all know he's not the number one problem with what's happened the last two years, but the coach is responsible for the results on the field. And they weren't fucking there. And look at like. They're not wins, but played better against the Roosters than we had the rest of the season. And we played better again against the Panthers. So, you know. That's it. And there's way more injuries now. And they're already down in the dumps. Yeah. Uh, From Dale, he said, please apologize for suggesting green. (laughs) We didn't That's not our suggestion. If he wasn't linked to the Broncos, if he wasn't linked to the Broncos, we would never bring his name up as an option. 
uh, from Bluey. Are we going to find out what incriminating photos Boyd has of the coaching staff? As this can only explain why he continually gets picked for the side. No, he's, he's getting picked now because it's the retirement tour and it's like, there's no point in dropping him. Even though we all want to drop him, it's like, it's the retirement tour. He's got three games left. They're going to let him play. He could play. He could, he could start throwing the ball over the dead ball line every time he touches it this week and he'd still be there next week. Uh, from Daniel, I made a case bet with a mate on the Bronx finishing top eight next year. Am I delusional uh, or is this the easiest slab I'll ever earn? Oh, wait, next year. Next year. Um, I, I think, think that's an easy slab. There's, so do I. Like, get your mate to cash that in already. Like, I know, I know that people will laugh us at thinking that who aren't Broncos fans, but yes, you bring that team back fully fit. You bring in two or three decent recruits and you bring in a new coach. That's I top mean, eight squad. We've said easily. this a lot. Bad teams make the eight. Mm-hmm. Don't have like what a year ago we made the eight, losing more games than we won. You don't have to be good to make the eight. The Sharks are not good. They're going to make the eight this year. They haven't beat a top eight team. They're okay. not good. Uh, from Cameron, F. Mary Curl, Bennett, Bellamy, Payton. I mean, Peyton got the job at the Cowboys, and I'm upset by that because for a moment there, it looked like they were going to go and make a terrible decision. But Peyton's been so good at the Warriors, they went and got him. Um, but it, it's, I mean, well, it's a hard one because he's the kill. Anyway, he's the, he's the kill he's because the kill. of the other two. And I'm marrying Bennett because I'm going to love that man till the day I die. That's it. So Bellamy's left over in the middle there. Yeah, we only want, we want a few years of Craig. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a I don't want, I don't want, like, he's an angry man. I don't want him around the house all the time. But yeah, Peyton was a good, I believe he's a very good get for the Cowboys, and that upsets me. Uh, Jaden asks if I'm getting Mario 3D All Stars, and I didn't even know that was a game, so probably not. Mario, but I might look that. into it. What's, don't tell me you've missed some great game being named here. Oh, I think, I think, um, what, what is it? Oh, yeah, Super Mario 3D also. I think Bungard sent this to me the other day. I don't play Switch, so. Um, is it just a oh, bunch of old Mario games? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I'll get that. Yeah. I do. I love the 3D Mario games. Um, well, I mean, Super Mario 64 was one of the first games, I, or the first game I ever really played. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, yeah, such a great game. So. so, is it just, it looks like it's the original <coughs> graphics still, too. So literally all they're doing is repackaging them. Like this is it. We used to, we always laugh and we, we at Madden and EA with FIFA and Madden repeating the same thing every year. We're just now bringing back the same fucking games and they're making squillions. Like, I mean, I don't care. I'll play them. I don't care either, but it's just like, it's just so easy. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But people, people pay for nostalgia. Like they do, but that's why, like I've always said, like you got the virtual console on switch and that, um, I've not checked it for a bit. It was bigger on the Wii U and that, but they literally should just repackage every old game they have and push it out on a virtual console. Like I'll, I'd buy so many of the old games. Like, well, yeah. yeah. Well, we're that perfect age group now. Like um, we're the age group with money with disposable income. Yeah. So nostalgia is our nostalgia. You know, just like when we are younger, it was someone else's nostalgia. A lot of seventies and eighties culture when we are younger now, it's our nostalgia right now. So yeah, like time zones back for Christ's sake. Time zones won't, they'll, they'll die again in 10 years because that, that's not a money making model, the arcade. But they'll die again. But they're back because people like us go to them. And yeah, bringing back like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, this kind of stuff. These are back. And bringing back all those movie reboots. That's our nostalgia. It's our time, baby. Yeah. Now, one thing of nostalgia we could use 
a Broncos fucking premiership. Wayne Bennett. <laughs> Wayne Bennett as well. Um, from David, I was riding my bike through Daisy Hill Forest Trails when I came across Corey Parker running up and down the steepest hills with Pango Jr. Is Corey the new coach for the Broncos or just torturing the bloke for his recent indiscretions? So he's, also, got a, yeah, he's got a photo that. here of the two of them too, I think, yeah. Was that on Facebook? Yeah. I, I haven't seen that yet. I'll have a look. But, uh, well, so Corey was on, like, the coaching staff, like a forwards coach or something, and it, but he had to choose, like, Fox or the Broncos for his bubble, and obviously Fox probably pay more. So I guess now that Pango's out the bubble, he can work out with Corey. Pretty simple. Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe Corey, he had to choose a mentor. Maybe Corey's his mentor he chose. Ah, uh, Okay. Which is good. It's two fuckwits teaming up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's okay. I'm okay, I'm okay with Pango being a dick. I'm all in on it. Uh, okay. There's a couple more comments here. Okay. Uh, they are lost in the middle somewhere. Oh, no. Why does Facebook have to order them this way? Oh, suggest a summer job from Nick. Suggest a summer job for TPJ. Surely nothing that requires a brain. <laughs> Summer job for TPJ. Well, he's not allowed on the computer pretty much. So, um, uh, what can he do? Like, I know what well, Jake Friend did the the coffee job. Other guys have done gonna be tradies. It'll probably be a trade, mate. That's always a threat. Like to make him learn what it's like to work really hard and appreciate rugby. He'll he'll probably like they're not gonna let him go be an accountant. They'll let him go sit in an office. Like <laughs> you remember the old NRMA ad where they're like, "Yes, oh, where's Corey? Oh, he's down rebooting the server." And he's like, God, no. He's like, he's like putting the boot in. Uh, uh, so they'll probably make him do a trade. Go, go be a roof tiler or something. Something terrible to do in Queensland for a few months. And that'll, that'll make him appreciate it. Hang out with Dave Taylor. Just be down to grace me a pub. Did I, <laughs> did I ever tell you that story about Dave? No. We had, um, oh, we're all just sitting around at touch of footy once before the game, just talking. And then like, we get on talking about Dave Taylor. Cause that's a lot of our conversation around here is just Dave Taylor sightings. And one of my mates went out to the Grace Mere pub just for like a palmy. And he walks in and Dave Taylor's sitting at the counter. And he said the whole time he was eating there, Dave Taylor just sat there, didn't move. And he was ordering jugs of beer and just drinking them straight out of the jug. Like it was a regular glass for you and me, like just downing it straight out of the jug. And he said, by the time, like he left an hour and a half later or whatever. And Dave Taylor was still there just sinking jugs. Well, that's because uh, he's a goddamn hero. Yeah. Like, oh, what what a man! What a, oh yeah. Uh, over on the Twitter, then. Saturday Night FB. Um, I didn't realize this was still a thing. <laughs> would you like to register my excitement at Hook being? Oh, sorry. Would like to register my excitement at Hook being at yet another club, Joe's exit, and the highly unlikely return of Ben Hunt. <laughs> yeah, well, this this is it. You know, you talk about sometimes how everyone says there's no other head coaches out there. It's like, well, this is that classic recycling of same old garbage, like. <laughs> You're, 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 you're signing an Anthony Griffin or, or Nathan Brown. You've set the bar pretty low of what your best outcome can be. Those, whatever, they've done that. But I like uh, Griffin being back there. But I'm, I'm good to see that some other Broncos fans pro-hunt because a lot of people seem to be like burnt by the experience and don't want him back. Well, I um, was chatting to, in a group chat, a big Dragons fan, Matty McPhee. And we're talking about Hook, obviously, because I posted some excited... Oh, I posted some exciting things in the group chat when it first got announced and felt a bit bad after, but, and he's like, like the thing he said, is like, everyone knows he's an average coach, but it's not like you even hired him because he's a great bloke. Like he's 
a worse human than he is a coach. So like, why are you hiring this guy? Yeah, that's it. He's all around terrible, terrible decision. And they hired him. I read some of the quotes articles while they hired him and he's already doing the things that I hate. Like he was on 360 saying the squad shit. <laughs> he's going to make moves. So that's the Brown move, mate. But um, Classic. They're talking, oh, he's going to bring in what, what he brought in at Penrith. Wait, are you saying that Anthony Griffin is responsible for Penrith having a lot of juniors? Like, you, that's... They're there. They were there before him and after him. <laughs> like, whatever, idiots. Um, never underscore trendy underscore Broncos thirteen plus from Corey Goats. NFL season about to start. What are your tips and who's winning the Dynasty League? The Dynasty League again. This is the podcast of twelve people. We need to talk about that. But yeah, um, anyone but Danny is winning. So it could yeah, be I'm me. taking the field. I hope. The field. Like, I'm just not. I'm gonna to have to meet the group meet the group chat if Danny wins, like forever. I'm just gonna to have to log out of that. But anyone else would be all right. Yeah, I'm backing I'm backing me and there's a good chance. I'm just as the season got closer, my team has got better. Yeah, I think I mean if you win this season, that's like just even playing with house money before this season even starts because your real window is opening next season on. <laughs> four but, first round picks and what's I got? Four, <laughs> let me look. I got four first round picks and like four seconds next year. Okay, yeah, I think so. Something, something like, like that. that. It's all right. I got Patty Mahomes signed for longer than the Chiefs. So <laughs> you do. Uh, uh, only two first round picks next year. I traded a few away, but four first, sorry, two seconds next year. I got four firsts the next two years. Good, good. <laughs> Corey Goats, again, is the only joy in the Broncos world right now a Stags fend. Remember when Seabold played him on the other side? God, I forgot about that. But, uh, yeah, look, the, the, the joy watching the game, like those little moments, at least this year, there's been a couple of those. Because there was not, I know we made the eight last year, but there was not many of those moments. Like we've had um, the Fafita try, the Milford try, uh, two Stags fend. We've got a few moments this year at least. Um, oh, damn it, Twitter's reloading. From Duncan, eight numbers. Should we go after four and on a minimum contract be a good mentor for young Dearden? Kind of covered that. DW Mate, on a minimum? Like, fuck yeah, if it's the minimum, even oh, better. Yeah, I'd take a minimum, but I'd also take 300K. Yeah. I mean, really, I'd even like 500K. There's way worse players on 500K around the league. Yeah, at our club. <laughs> like, I wouldn't even complain about that. DW Kingston. Uh, have we seen the darkest days for the Broncos? If so, what are the steps to recovery? Oh, mate, 100% see the darkest days. We've already got the most losses we've had in this season. <laughs> and it's like a shortened season and it's still not over. But uh, this is by far, it is below the floor. This is the basement for the Brisbane t- franchise, the Broncos. The way forward, mate, like, I think it's pretty obvious for anybody, right? Like the right head coaching signing a higher and to stop just like, the way they just thought they could just sign the whole same, the whole team they had on lots of money to just win was the dumbest strategy of any team. Like nobody just wins with what they have. It doesn't work like that. People might look at Penrith and say, "Oh, they brought all that through too." Not the same. It doesn't work like that. They still had to bring in from the outside too. Like whatever. RCG Kennedy, uh, is there a salary cap on football department spend on coaches? If there is, would Seeb's payout affect that for upcoming years? There is, and yes, but um, we're the only team, I think it was us and the Bulldogs that even got close to it. And the cap's pretty much only in, in place to stop us going too far. So, yeah, uh, it had affected, but I don't think it affects it that much. I think that's part of the benefit, like why they, 
part of why they paid him out to get rid of him as well is like so you don't have to carry that on the coach's cap for the next you know three or four years. Yeah, if he accepts the one million payout, then you're paying him a lot less. Yeah, get it over with quick. Uh, speaking of the devil, Danny Boy, 1995 here. Stags running at Fermor. Does he score two, three, or four tries? Mate, uh, might be six tries between them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Adrian underscore Stavely. This season has been an effing disaster. What is your one to 17 team list for next season? I don't, I mean, so far away. So far away. Joey is goat. If the Broncos moved on Anthony Milford and brought in Ben Hunt, who would be the most upset? Mitch, Simo, or Darren Lockyer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Lock- Lockyer would be furious. <laughs> He'd be furious. <laughs> no, no. Lockyer would be happy because then anything that went wrong at the club, he yeah. just can blame Ben Hunt straight up. Yeah. Uh, from RCG Kennedy, how... Happy did Mitch get when he read Hook wants to sign Joey? Joe, oh, I was stoked, mate. Like, I didn't, I wasn't happy when I, like, if Griffin went to a club I despised, I would have been stoked that he got on the job. I don't actually dislike the Dragons. Like, I never have had a bad feeling for them. I guess it probably helps that Wayne went there as well. But even in my childhood, I never really had angst for the Dragons. So, um, that didn't make me happy. But if he's going to take away, you know, Joe, o, you know, maybe Jack Bird, homecoming, you know, ball playing lock Jack Bird. Why don't you try that out? You know, if you're going to do those things for us, I'll love him. <laughs> uh, Damo underscore O'Hags. Who is the player Broncos need to sign right now to bring back that big dick energy to this terrible team? Wait, wait what did you say? Sorry, I said to get I read something. Who's the, Sorry. Who's the player the Broncos have to sign right now to bring back the big dick energy to this team? Big dick energy. Ah. Uh, Papali. Yeah, I was just thinking, but I'm trying to think of like likely ones. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if we need it brought back. Like that team has swagger. It just needs to be unleashed again. Like, you know, Katoni Staggs is waiting to over-celebrate every try. Yeah, yeah, like the one you want for that kind of thing is literally like TPJ. Like if he was at a yeah. different club and off contract, you'd be like, that's the guy. We already I, have him. We do. Um, but, you know, if we... The sign of signings I do want out of all the ones, like, you know, Toho Harris is unhappy at the Warriors. I'd really want that signing because not only could he play on an edge next year and take Glenn's job, but he can play in the middle as well. And he's been pretty good there for the Warriors. Like, we don't really need that many forwards. People keep linking us to lots of forwards. But if I have to get a player who is readily available this offseason, that's be, be the one I get. But uh, I don't, like, we really need, and it's, there isn't one easily available fullbacks don't grow on trees every player thinks they are one none of them actually are we need a fullback bad but i just don't know as you said i don't know if it's jermaine wait for jermaine see what happens there with new and Tess, uh, tessie new and, and reese walsh or make a run at someone next off season i just that, that big energy, energy would be bringing a fullback in that's one of those big name ones we're not going to get that yeah we're not going to get that though um from nehemiah nine if Walters or Green is coach, is the franchise will be effectively paused. Do you agree? No. No. It would be a decline from when Wayne was there. It is not a pause because we're at the fucking pits. Yeah, I think, like, if it had been after Wayne, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have even been a pause. It would have been, like, a backtrack. But we've just fallen so far that it would be an improvement on where we currently are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Last one here from Andrew RLP. 
a top 10 list of coaches with NRL experience that would have been worse than Seabold. Let's see if you can do it without including anyone who coached Balmain Magpies or West Tigers. Why would I do that? I've got a list here from Benny DTD, if, depending how many you can like name. Oh, I'm trying, am I? I actually have to do this on the spot. Yeah, so yeah you Coaches try. that would be worse than... Than Seabold. Steve Georgialis. He's doing a terrible job as, as a fill-in right now, and he's been bad in the past as well. Um, who was that guy at, the, at South very early on? Did he say I couldn't name South? Uh, no, Balmain Magpies or West Tigers. Oh, so not his club. I can, I can do it. Is it Paul Langmack was there? He was terrible, Paul Langmack. Uh, You're nah. missing some absolute oh, sitters here. Arthur Gatinas. Uh, well, they have to have had a coaching experience, right? Yeah, yeah I'm gonna, I'll go through Benny's list don't, here. don't do it yet. Don't do it yet. No, give me an opportunity. <laughs> you're, taking, you're taking that away from me. You're missing some sitters. <laughs> you're, just, you're just talking over me now. Like I took over you. It's not your turn. Oh, well, I mean, God. Yeah. Okay. Sitters. Nathan Brown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, God damn. Why did I get there? Okay. 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 Doyle agendas. We're going to think last year's Nathan Brown, uh, Garth Brennan. Yep. Uh, uh, Andrew McFadden. Yep. Um, I don't know. I don't. Is Henge? No, I don't think Henjack's worse. I just don't. I know he was terrible. I just don't. Um, I don't think. Who else the last couple of years? Spoon last year. Uh, the last few spoons are all Brownie and Brennan. Uh, Rick Stone. Yep. Uh, how about uh, Brian Smith at his current age? Because he's, he's goddamn <laughs> insane. I don't know. That's like that's like seven. That'll do for me. Um, and I'm not. I don't. Put, I'm not putting Kearney in there either. By the way, I don't think Kearney would have done worse. Well, so this is what Benny's got here. Nathan Brown, Rick Stone, Andrew McFadden, Trent Barrett, Ivan Henjak, Garth Brennan, Dean Pay, Brian McLennan, Brad Fittler, and Steve Kearney. Yeah, there's a few of those ones there. Fittler definitely needs to be on the list. Yeah, how did I not put... Yeah, Freddie's an origin coach. He's done okay there, but how, how did I not put... I should have said Brown first. That was Fittler down. was terrible at the Roosters, though. He was. He was. Dean Pay is like... Already just been forgotten by everybody like two weeks out of the job. Yeah, not great. Right, that was it. Okay, sweet. Good. We are, we're good here then. Yeah, right. Catch up. <laughs> okay, uh, that's it. So we'll see you guys at sometime between the next seven days to the next 28 14 days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your ambitious. We'll see you then. But thanks for listening, guys. And uh, hopefully, we, um, yeah, don't, I don't think we're getting the spoon. I just that bull, I know the Bulldogs have a pretty limping, limping manly team this week. But they lost the games they could have won. And then we're getting it. I mean, I'd like to like to confirm we're not getting it by beating the Titans this week. I mean, looking how we played last week, I think we're a better side than the Bulldogs again. I think we've got three winnable games, and I don't think they have. They got two definitely non-winnable games, and I don't think they can beat Manly either. They've gone. They've gone worse without pay, which is like. When I saw their team was this week, it's like, oh, you, you, this is, you, you're doing this again. You're doing DWZ at the centers again. You've got Remus Smith in the centers again with like, whatever. Just like, yeah, okay. You're going to lose. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. see you later, guys. Right, see ya.
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.